This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey there, cat lovers. Welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and I'm a practicing small animal veterinarian and long-term cat lover. So I get a lot of questions about this because it's a little odd, but I am allergic to cats and I am under the care of a immunologist or allergist for this. And so I thought it was really perfect to talk about cat allergies and what you can do and and what the options are and all about it. And I have with me Michelle Fern, who is the host of Catitude. And we're just going to have a big talk about cat allergies right after these messages. Moose is the German Shepherd and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do right from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills, why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So, Michelle Fern, the host of Catitude, and I are here to talk about cat allergies. Hi, Michelle. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's get to it. You know what, Dr. Cat, I've been doing the show Catitude for so long, almost, well, a little longer than I've had cats. But one of the questions that I hear all the time is, you know, I'm allergic to cats, but how can I have a cat? And it's funny enough, you're allergic to cats. And funny enough, I have a mild allergy to cats where I was tested once and I'm actually allergic to their skin, but not their fur, which is kind of strange. But I have three cats in the house and I'm okay with it. How intense is your cat allergy? Well, you know, it's actually not strange at all. Most of the people who are allergic to cats are allergic to their skin and not their hair. So I think that it is important that we talk a little bit about what is an allergy because most people don't truly understand. There is a protein on the cat's skin and in their saliva and in their urine that triggers the allergic response for people. So you can't have a cat without skin and saliva and urine. So that's where it's all kind of coming from. Now, the way I deal with it, obviously, I'm a practicing veterinarian. So I see a lot of animals, both dogs and cats, and I'm allergic to dogs too. I see them all day and I just have to, I do take medications, I do take injections. And then in the evening, I change my clothes and uh, wash my hair and I am not allowed to sleep with my pets. So that that's kind of a bummer, but it does keep me healthy. Well, those are definitely good tips and that's interesting. So if the allergen exists kind of within the cat, you know, their skin, their saliva and everything. Is it possible for someone who absolutely adores cats 
to be around them. I mean, you're around them. I'm around them. I take an antihistamine. I guess there's different intensities of the allergy. Well, allergies are as kind of individual as the people and the cats. But I think that it is important that we understand the way our immune system works. So the job of our immune system is to protect us from dangerous things like pathogens. And in an allergy, our body mistakenly identifies the protein from the cat as a threat and mounts a response. So that is the reason when you have cat allergies, you feel like you're coming down with something. You may have an itchy nose or watery eyes. Mine will eventually progress to a bronchitis where I become, you know, actually sick. And I, for years, I didn't know why I would get these colds all the time. And it was actually my allergy. So it is an issue with your immune system where your body is doing what it's supposed to do. It's just doing it against the wrong thing because obviously cat proteins don't really make us sick. They're not really a threat to us. What do you think about alternatives? You know, like someone loves cats, they really want a cat. Are there any alternatives for someone who's allergic to cats? And I, I guess it would, you know, it would depend upon the intensity of their allergy. You know, some people break out in hives when they are around cats and some people just have, you know, a, a mild reaction. There's different breeds. So does that make a difference? Well, it is a common myth and you will hear about it and see it everywhere. There is no hypoallergenic cat. There is no hypoallergenic dog because you can't have a cat without skin. So um, now there are different breeds of cats and, of course, dogs too. But And people say that certain cats trigger their immunity or trigger their allergy a little less, but it's individual. So you might elect to spend some time with the cat before you bring the cat into your home because certain cats might trigger you worse and certain cats might trigger you less. And some people even say, this is super interesting, some people even say the concentration of the protein is different in different color cats, different breeds of cats, and even different gender cats. So, you know, you might research it and spend some time with the cat you're looking at before you commit to a forever situation. So what about, you know, for someone who tends to, I guess you, it's kind of a give and take test and see how it goes because I've heard sphinx cats, which are bald, they have no fur. They have, of course, skin and they're very wrinkly and I think they're adorable even though they look like little aliens. Um, but a lot of people will say if they're allergic to cats, since they had the sphinx doesn't have fur, they can have a sphinx. Or if they bathe their cat frequently, you know, once a week, then it's okay. Do you think this makes much of a difference? You know, I wish it did because I really like sphinx cats. They have so much personality. And so as I went through this journey with my allergist, I know him pretty well now. Um, I used to take care of his pets. And I remember when I got this diagnosis, it was very devastating to me. I just remember sitting on his exam table with the results of my allergy skin test. And I just felt tears kind of welling up because you know, I've been a veterinarian. I've wanted to be a veterinarian since I was five. I own my practice. I'm in it. So I looked at him and I said, what do I do? Do I have to stop being a veterinarian? And he said, of course not. You're my veterinarian. 
So I'm going to help you. And so um, we became friends. And I, um, I even wrote about him in my book, Tennessee Tales, Pets and Their People, because my relationship with him is, is special. And, I, and so because of that, I have his cell number. So I text him a picture of a sphinx kitten. And I said, well, what about this one? I really, really want a cat that I'm not allergic to. And he texted me back that the picture I sent him was a face that only a mother could love and that it didn't matter. The cat had skin and that so it wouldn't be the silver bullet that I wanted it to be. So again, it's just individual to the cat and to the person what works for you. I do continue to practice and I do continue to have pets and and I've just found my my balance with that. Well, thank you for all that information. So contrary to what we've heard and what people might have heard, the, the length of the hair doesn't matter. It's not necessarily, doesn't really make a difference as far as the amount of dander on the cat. And um, breed, it might be hit or miss. They would just have to maybe test and see. Right. Well, yes. And, and it is individual. And even the test results do not always accurately reflect how severe your response might be because everybody has an individual immunity. So he actually told me that I was more severely allergic to cats than I was to dogs because he was measuring the size of my skin reaction. But I don't really see that. I actually... I'm allergic to both of them and I don't see a difference there. But you asked about what people can do. And of course, the doctors would say being away from pets is your best treatment, but that's not feasible. It's not feasible for me and it's really not feasible for anyone who is an animal lover. I mean, obviously you have a commitment to your pets and you can't, you can't just sever that commitment unless your allergy is a life-threatening one. Obviously, that would change, you know, your choices. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back to discuss maybe some things that you can do inside your home to make you have a little bit less severe allergic reaction. So we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. And Michelle and I are enjoying exploring cat allergies and ways to handle those. So thanks for joining us. You know what I wanted to ask you before we talk about what you can do to make your 
maybe home or your environment more livable with a cat. What do you think about food? I know that there was a major brand that just came out with a food that reduces, you know, the proteins in the cat by X amount. And it was researched for 10 years, all this extensive research. Do you think that can have an effect that's sizable enough to make it feasible for someone with allergies to go ahead and get the cat of their dreams? You know what? I'm really excited about that. It won't help me because it's only designed to be fed to your own personal cat. And I'm obviously exposed to more than just my own personal cat. So I can't say to all my patients, please feed your cat this food. But the the science is pretty exciting about that. They have found a way to feed chickens something that makes them put an antibody into their eggs that deactivates the protein so that your so that a cat lover's body will not react to it if their cat is fed this food. Now it doesn't mean that all cat lovers need to rush out and start feeding their cat eggs because these are specific eggs that come from specific chickens that are designed to help with that. But I think it's it's one of the most exciting advances we've had in quite some time and I'm looking forward to seeing how it kind of pans out. I'm excited too, especially for those that are, you know, have never owned had a cat, just been waiting for this moment. How can we make our home environment a little bit more cat friendly? You know, so say if our allergy on cats, we're thinking, you know, let's try it out. Maybe it's doable. What can we do for our home to make it, you know, more, I guess, allergy friendly for those that have allergies? Well, you know, my allergist suggested that I not have pets in my bedroom, which was a huge culture change for me. But he said you spend one third of your time in your bedroom. He said you just need a safe place. You just need a place where you can go and you know that there aren't any allergens there. Now, of course, I spend all my days in an allergen-rich environment. So, I definitely have to do this, but this is something that animal lovers can can do for themselves is just make their bedroom an animal-free zone. The allergens that come from animals are kind of sticky. Those proteins are sticky, so they love carpet. They can even stick on woodwork. So you have to be super duper clean and hardwood floors and bare floors are better. They say to avoid this, if you do have carpet, you need to vacuum it a lot and you have to wear a dust mask when you vacuum because it will aerosolize those particles and and produce more of a reaction from you. I've heard about that a lot. If you have carpet and you're allergic to anything, cats or anything, pull out the carpet, you know, or if you have to, small area rugs because carpet just seems to absorb everything. Yeah. So use it as a good excuse to get new floors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate carpeting anyways. It's a dust trap, a hair trap. And yeah, I love the way um, smooth floors feel and it's just easier to clean. I actually have one of those vacuum cleaner robots that has the pet dander filter in it. And I really like that little gadget. I don't know if my doctor would say that is something that he would recommend. So, I mean, that's not doctor recommended, except that I'm Dr. Cat. But I love my little robot vacuum. (laughs) 
That's a great idea. I've also heard if you have, I mean, most people these days have central air. If you change your air conditioning filter frequently, that makes a big difference too. Have you heard that? I have. And I even, when I first got diagnosed, I bought one of the air cleaners for my office and my office is on the second floor of my animal hospital. And I, I don't usually have animals in my office, but I kind of do. I mean, I kind of cheat. Like if there's a cute kitten or a, or some, an animal boarding, I take it to my office. So my doctor's going to know that now, but yeah, I tried one of the HIPAA filters in my office. And you said something about washing the pet and cats do not like to have a bath. So I would say the most you could do for a cat is wipe them down with a damp cloth rather than doing a full, a full fledged bath. Okay. And what do you think are some alternatives for those that are so allergic to cats that even, you know, with all of the great advice you've been giving, they still, you know, think there's no way I can't do it. Do you think fostering or cat cafes might be a good alternative? You know, I think there are ways to get a cat fix and volunteering at cat rescues. You know, even if all you can do is just provide financial assistance, you know, I love cat cafes. Now, I, if I go to a cat cafe, I have to take an antihistamine and a nasal spray. And when I come home, I have to change clothes and wash. I have long hair, so I have to wash my hair, but cat lovers need a cat fix. So I think that that's an excellent point. There are ways to find the cat fix. You mentioned a dust mask when you're vacuuming. These days, we're still in COVID and we're, we're all wearing masks. Do you think wearing a mask with your cat would reduce some of the allergens affecting the person that's allergic to cats? You know, it might. It should filter out a lot, but it's it's awkward. I mean, I do not wear, except for COVID, I do not wear like an N95 mask when I treat cats. I just take my antihistamine. So, you know, for some people, it might be feasible, especially if you have asthma, but it's not practical as a veterinarian. I never knew I'd be wearing a mask all day, every day. Me neither. And now it's almost like commonplace. And if you forget your mask, you feel like um, I'm missing something, you know, and of course you have to go back to your car to get it or, you know, walk back in your house and get it or something. But it's, it's strange times. (laughs) Yeah. I wear mine on a lanyard around my neck, so I can't forget it. (laughs) It's almost like you have a mask outfit and I'm thinking, I can't wait till these get put away. And, you know, five years down the road, remember when we had to wear masks all the time? And, you know, I miss my lip gloss. I just do. I don't wear as much makeup because it just rubs off in my mask. So, I mean, that's been kind of freeing, I guess. I know. I don't even bother doing my hair. It's ponytail. So it's nice, you know, but I kind of miss that stuff. Me too. It's just, I have glasses on that get fogged up. I have the mask. You can barely see any of my face. So what's the point of makeup? And then it makes your mask dirty. And that just, oh. Yep. We're all adapting. Yes, absolutely. Cats adapt to stuff and we're adapting. So, um, yeah. So Dr. Cat, thank you so much for coming on Catitude. You mentioned your book before and you mentioned your show. Can you just give my listeners just a little shout out, just tell them a little bit more about your show and your book? 
Absolutely. My show is Nine Lives with Dr. Cat here on Pet Life Radio. I have tons of fun interviewing interesting people and learning things. My book is called Tennessee Tales, Pets and Their People. It's just a collection of fun stories from when I first became a veterinarian. And you know, it's funny with COVID, suddenly book sales are way up, which I mean, that's a good thing, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, it's been so fun to talk with you about this today. I hope we were able to help some of my cat-loving listeners and cat-allergic listeners out there. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks so much for inviting me. So I also want to thank my producer, Mark Winter. And I want my cat-loving and maybe cat-allergic listeners to go out and have a perfect day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.